Thanks for tuning in here to NL Newsday. It is Wednesday, and yesterday did mark a meeting of Kamloops City Council. So as always, pleased to welcome to the program the Mayor of Kamloops, Mr. Ken Christian. Mr. Mayor, how you doing today? Very good, thank you, Jeff. Well, appreciate you taking the time, as always. Now, uh, of course, the big news story that we're dealing with in Kamloops right now is the findings from the Kamloops Residential School. Uh, we're now just a week shy of that 215 bodies being found, being made public to us. Um, I know Council spent some time talking about this yesterday, and I heard at least a few people mention, you know, as you were discussing other business, how people's minds were, were heavy, having difficulty really focusing on the business at hand. So clearly this is having a, a monumental impact on our community, and it goes far beyond uh, the city of Kamloops as well. But with that all said, Council did make a decision to light up a number of municipal buildings in orange. And I just wanted to know kind of why was that an important step for the city to take? It's not a huge thing, but why was that still important to, to show that support in that way? Well, yeah, uh, yesterday, uh, certainly council uh, were distracted and, and certainly our staff as well. Uh, and our staff have been reaching out uh, to the staff at the TTS uh, uh, through this and uh, our council have been reaching out to their council as well. This is, uh, you know, horrific beyond our wildest dreams and, and something that is going to take a, a lot of effort to work through. And that effort will be led by the uh, to Kamloops to Shukwepam. But uh, with respect respect to the uh, orange uh, light up uh, that is a, an initiative that is uh, something that's been in in the works for a long time just like orange shirt day and uh, it was generally uh, going to be done on September uh, 30th which is the uh, national uh, day of recognition uh, of uh, the missing children from the residential school uh, situation and the survivors of the residential school so uh, we just uh, thought to advance that and in conjunction with Thompson Rivers University and uh, the city and the Tecumlopes uh, just to make a statement to the, the residents uh, everywhere that, uh, you know, our hearts are, uh, you know, bleeding and uh, broken because of uh, what uh, has uh, been revealed. What is, you mentioned how Tecumlopes Tish Equipment is, is going to be taking the lead on this, and obviously that's, you know, makes 100% perfect sense. But with that said, I'm just curious, what do you think the city of Kamloops's responsibility kind of is now in, in helping with the process, helping with the healing path, helping to, you know, move forward? We obviously can't forget about this, and, you know, I'm sure Kamloops has more of a supporting role to play in this, but what is the community's responsibility and the municipality's responsibility in, in helping to deal with this whole, uh, I'll call it a crisis that we're going through right now? Well, you know, they're our neighbors. Uh, you know, that uh, residential school is actually not located in Kamloops, despite the media saying it is, but it's uh, on their land, and they are a, another uh, for, a form of government, and, and uh, as one government to the other, uh, we are there for them in their time of need. Uh, they have a lot of discussion to do, uh, first of all, with their membership and then with the uh, leadership of the other bands in the in the Shukwetmikulu uh, and, and the Shuswap Nation, uh, where most of these uh, children would have come from, and, and issues about, uh, you know, uh, exhuming and repatriation and that kind of thing uh, is going to take a lot of time and a lot of thoughtful discussion uh, on their part. And uh, as they get uh, through that, uh, we're here as a, a neighbor and, and a, a local government that cares. 
Always difficult to transition here, Ken, but um, I, I want to get into the situation along the North Shore with the business community there. There was um, a talk about The Loop, the organization there that provides some social service um, uh, services to individuals in the community, and um, it has been deemed a nuisance property by the city, and I understand there was some discussion about this yesterday. Uh, I guess... What is the hope that, uh, you know, labeling it a nuisance property is going to achieve here and going to accomplish? And I know the loop is appealing the decision. I don't know how that process works, but I guess what are you hoping to see in terms of helping to clean up that area and, and also, you know, make sure the business community who has some concerns about about the loop and, and how that uh, particular organization, I guess, has, has been dealing with things in this time. What are you hoping to see change now that this kind of process is underway? Yeah, well, you know, I think starting there, I think the Loop is uh, providing a very much needed uh, service in the community. It's a, a service that uh, even council uh, talked about uh, as something that's missing in Kamloops, uh, and that is kind of a, a day lodge kind of facility for uh, street-affected individuals. Uh, the problem, uh, as I understand it, and I haven't been briefed on their hearing yet, but uh, it is that uh, they're in the wrong location and uh, there are uh, too many individuals that they're trying to serve uh, because of the obvious need. So uh, I think that uh, has created a situation where there's incompatibility with the neighboring businesses there, and uh, that uh, is uh, probably not the highest and best use of, of that particular location. Uh, so that said, I mean, we don't uh, jump to uh, the uh, nuisance property designation. Uh, we uh, assess the uh, amount of calls for service and the numbers of disturbances that go beyond the uh, four walls of the facility. And in this case, uh, they are uh, adjudicated. And if they uh, pass a threshold, then we make that declaration. Uh, once we've done that, uh, then when we do roll services to that area, be it uh, CSOs or police or fire or those kinds of things, uh, then they're charged for that. And so uh, that usually has a period of time and those bills uh, build up very quickly uh, because it's our view that the citizens of Kamloops generally uh, should not be uh, paying for uh, services which are being disproportionately used used by a certain types of business or, or certain properties. So that's the, the kind of philosophy behind it. And, uh, you know, I have every confidence in our uh, staff, uh, our uh, manager in the CSO area, Tammy Blendell and uh, Byron McCorkle, the director, and Mr. Trowan, uh, our CAO, that uh, they have uh, adjudicated this properly, fairly, and within the process uh, outlined by council. And, and now it's up to the owner of the property to respond it's not necessarily the operator it's the owner does this conversation have uh, impacts do you think beyond just this particular situation are there lessons maybe to be learned elsewhere in the city as a result of this specific incidents and and you know depending on the outcome maybe you know being able to to learn what uh, works here it might work somewhere else in the city as well 
Well, yeah, and and uh, this is certainly not the first, and unfortunately won't be the last. Uh, I think if we go back in the reels, we will uh, hear ourselves, uh, you and I, speak about the uh, West Columbia situation and the uh, designation of nuisance properties there some months ago. And and uh, uh, you know we have had uh, certainly occasion to use it on uh, residential properties, particularly rental properties uh, that have uh, you know just uh, fallen into disrepair and uh, are creating a new for the neighborhood and uh, are again uh, starting to require um, a lot of uh, calls for service. Uh, these had in the past been considered, uh, I think they, they use the vernacular crack houses, but uh, you know there are properties that have really been misused by renters and often if you have an absentee landowner or a numbered company, uh, the supervision of the uh, property is not what it should be and so uh, the city puts that onus on the owner. One more subject I wanted to get to here, and there was a presentation that was made yesterday from the Kamloops Central Business Improvement Association, the downtown BIA, if you will. Uh, one thing that I have heard a lot of people wanting, and you know, this is from my discussions through the town halls that I've been hosting, is is a lot of people really want to see Victoria Street closed down downtown. The you know idea of a pedestrian plaza has been floated in the past. I believe there are some plans to do temporary street closures of Victoria for the farmers market uh, between Fourth and Fifth Avenues. I'm just curious if if more thought is being put towards that or sort of what the general conversation was with the downtown in terms of, you know, trying to help promote business as we go through a second pandemic summer. Yeah, and we had a great conversation about that, and and uh, it was a suggestion of theirs, and then it was a suggestion that came up in our uh, discussion of the interim update on the mayor's task force for economic recovery and renewal. And you know, the patio program is part of that, uh, and now this notion of having roving closures uh, in the downtown area so that you could essentially have block parties uh, from time to time uh, in various blocks and uh, what we would like to do is try that and see what works and what doesn't and uh, how do we animate that space uh, how do we make sure that space is inviting and and uh, good for customers and and yet how do we maintain access for uh, the deliveries and things that are needed by those businesses so there's a lot to it and uh, our uh, development engineering and sustainability uh, staff are on it and uh, they're going to be working with the KCBI uh, we will start with a, a closure on Wednesdays for the farmer's market down by the library, and uh, then we will uh, look at other opportunities. And uh, as the restrictions lift and we're uh, more able to host events, uh, then I think it's a good thing to uh, see what works and what doesn't. And just because you brought that up, as we go through the restart plan, how encouraged are you to see some of the numbers that are popping up in terms of province-wide uh, about vaccines and even locally here as well? We're, we're really right on track, which is definitely good news. We are, and it is good news. I mentioned to council yesterday that uh, as of last week, uh, when I heard from Interior Health, they had fully uh, administered 45,000 uh, vaccinations within the city of Camelot. Uh Those are first doses, of course, and so uh, we need to keep the pressure up. Uh, we are not fully vaccinated until we've had our second dose, uh, and so uh, we need to get those 45,000 people back, uh, and that's no easy task and uh, uh, we need to encourage others that are uh, perhaps complacent about uh, vaccination that uh, this is something they need 
need to do for themselves, uh, for their neighbors, and for the economy. Uh, I worry that uh, if we uh, go into the fall and winter season with a large unvaccinated or under-vaccinated population, we will see uh, outbreaks uh, next fall that uh, will again uh, kind of rock consumer confidence. So, you know, I don't want to see that. I want everybody out there. Uh, I'm assured from the Interior Health Authority that they can handle up to 1,500 vaccinations per day. And so let's roll up our sleeves and uh, get over to MacArthur Island or up to the TCC. Register, make your appointment, and uh, get the shot. Ken, as always, thank you so much for the time. Always appreciate it, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. All right. Ken Christian, the mayor of Kamloops, right there, encouraging everyone to go out, register, get your COVID-19 vaccine so we can, uh, you know, really be in a good place once those dates for the BC Restart Plan stop popping up. Of course, uh, step two of the Restart Plan comes on June 15th, so hopefully we'll be in line there. All indications are at this point that we're going to be in a good place to be able to start allowing, you know, recreational travel back up across the province and things like that. And then uh, July 1 is step three, and hopefully we continue to find ourselves on the right path thereafter. Worry about June 15th, step two, one, next. Then we'll worry about the July 1 after that, and step four, well, that's a long ways off, so... Won't get too much into that one, but we'll we'll deal with that once the time comes on that for sure. I really want to uh, see Victoria Street closed down, though, so I appreciate the fact that Council is continuing having those conversations. We know a lot of other communities have done this, closing off you know one main street in the downtown corridor to be able to allow businesses to... to uh, set up shop like outside and be able to sell some things like wouldn't it be a perfect day right now today to have Victoria Street closed to go out and uh, walk down and see what some of the merchants out there have for sale and be able to do so outdoors in, in, in a way that feels you know safe not that I'm overly worried about COVID-19 right now in our Kamloops community because we see numbers going in the right direction so that's definitely a positive and it eases any anxiety I might have about the situation right now but uh, I think it would be a good move to close down Victoria Street, even if it's just on a rotating basis, maybe one Saturday afternoon, um, maybe even a couple of Saturdays each month or something along those lines to be able to to have, you know, the, the sales atmosphere that comes with that, the community atmosphere, to be able to, you know, walk down the street and run into somebody outside and, and stop and say hi in a more... Uh, you know, open area. I think that would be really beneficial. I know Kelowna's done some similar steps there in their downtown, and it went over really, really well last year. And the farmers market, you know, even the closures of uh, of the temporary closures on on Wednesdays uh, between it's what is it uh, eight and and two, I believe it is. Don't quote me on those times. I should know this off the top of my head, but I just don't. Uh, but yeah, closing off Victoria Street between 4th and 5th Avenues for that period of time while the farmer's market was taking place. I always appreciated that when I went down there last summer as well. And and I think expanding that beyond just that small section of the street would be very, very welcomed. And and you heard me asking it in the question there. A lot of people who have been writing into my community town hall sessions, uh, lots wanting to see... Victoria Street shut down to vehicular traffic to allow for more pedestrian activity, and I think it would be a positive step and one that many in the community would really, really appreciate it. Even if it's done on a pilot or trial basis, uh, we, we can kind of make uh, more concrete decisions thereafter, but I would like to see us at very least try it out, and Council clearly working on those discussions right now.